Welcome back to Mailbag Radio. As we have eclipsed 5,000 listeners. Sit back and back up and get ready for this week in high school baseball. With our first guest today on the phone with us is Scotty Melvin. Welcome to the program, Scotty. Hey, good morning, everybody. Thanks for having me back. Well, 5,000 listeners. How about that, Scott? That's crazy. From two to 5,000 in about a year. Yeah. I guess, I mean, technically, we started in August on the podcast, although we did have a few months of the Good Morning Southeast Iowa uh, in the can, but you know, things are just going great lately. Every episode we get up, our per-episode listeners up. And, and uh, I got to cross off a bucket list that you helped me out with. Uh, I've always wanted to call a baseball game, and uh, you sat down with me and we did it. Uh, how was the experience for you? It was a lot of fun. You did a great job. Uh, I, I didn't know how I would do until I got to hear myself play back, and it sounds like I need to speak up a little bit. But you were you were awesome. You could hear the passion come through, I, and I and I felt that since we started the baseball. You're a sports guy like me. Um, you know, my passion's football. Yours is baseball, and that really came through. It was a lot of fun. Well, you uh, you definitely got the edge on me in football and basketball, but uh, my knowledge of baseball is uh, super high. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I thought that I thought that these kids around here are lucky that you've taken this on because uh, if you get a chance to sit down and talk with them, you get to, to you know chat strategy and and uh, give tips and and other things that you don't hear on the on the podcast, but just in the in the chatting there, you know. And and I think that's great for the kids to have that experience. Well, we I mean we always talk to someone who's a good player because they're the player of the game every time. But every time we talk to one of them, the their level of intelligence and the things that they they're understanding what they're doing and how to pitch and you know how to how to take a good at bat you know it's it's off the charts yeah i've been impressed with every single uh youngster that i've been able to sit and listen to you chat with or i've chatted with myself and it goes back to where we talked about a few episodes ago that there's just a, a lot of hope for the future. A lot of great young youngsters out there. A lot of great parents doing a great job. It's not all doom and gloom like the news would have us believe. Well, one of the things that you uh, mentioned to me, you know, when we first started covering football, and I got some compliments on our football coverage when we were at Sigourney the other day, uh, was, hey, nobody else is really covering this. You know what I mean? And these kids aren't getting their due. They're... they're you know, a, a kid at Kyoto or a kid at Sigourney, you know, uh, or a kid at Cardinal or whatever, whatever school it might be, and a Cardinal might have some coverage. But if they don't have any coverage at all, you know, uh, they could uh, hit a grand slam and no one would know. They could pitch a no-hitter and no one would, you know, there'd be no one there to document it anyway. So uh, Scotty and I are going to make ourselves available to schools and radio stations for events that they can't cover so that uh, there can be some coverage. And uh, uh, the numbers really bear that out, that there is a, that there definitely is a, uh, a need and uh, a demand. You know, if we can supply it, the listeners will demand it. And uh, it's just been, it's been an incredible journey, you know. Uh, can you think clear back to when you started uh, helping me with the football coverage and I had like 300 listeners? Yeah, I mean... This is a very new experience for me, and and when you asked me to you know come on and chat with you about 
football because you knew I went to games. I'm, I'm happy to do that because I'll sit and talk football, you know, to people who don't want to listen to it, <laughs> you know. So I'm like, hey, here's an outlet for me to chat about this sport that I'm passionate about and uh, love to watch, especially on the high school level. I always have. I think, uh, you know, it goes back to my childhood. But uh, as far as, any, you know, having any number of listeners, um, yeah, I didn't know what to expect, but it just grows and grows and grows. And I, I think – your podcast is uh, a lot of its success has been on the, on the high school sports. I just I don't well, it's think definitely, it's how definitely the, the base of everything. You know what I mean? I mean the, the museums that we cover a lot, oh, yeah. the news and the, and the candidates and the music and the authors and everything. Those are all a, a big part of of the club. But you know, yeah. I, I think if you ask uh, KCII or KMCD or any of the radios or newspapers around here, sports does everything. It, it seems to be the case, yeah. And all, that, all those uh, non-sports topics are fascinating, and they've opened my eyes to a lot of things that go on in Iowa because you, you think here in Iowa, well, there's nothing to do or whatever, but uh, there's there's a ton to do, in it, and it's good that you have opened uh, you know, the doors to a lot of these things that none of us really think about or maybe even know about. And uh, that's great. But, yeah, I think the sports really drive things. And that's just the way it is here in America. Well, there's really, really like a million active podcasts, you know. So for our podcast to get any traction or gain any notoriety, we had to be doing something different. Uh, And, uh, you know, we kind of started out like a talk show format and, uh, you know, quickly moved it into into news, like a radio station that just could could cover those topics that – Nobody else could get to, you know, and then being in a rural area like this, there's a, there's a, there's a ton of that. Plus, we come up with this, uh, well, I mean, really, basically, the whole reason for starting the show was because I was dissatisfied with uh, television, with television news, with all the the got you stuff. You know, the reporters yeah. always have an angle, and they're always trying to make the person they interview and look bad, and, yeah. and then they have this uh, mentality called, if it bleeds... It leads, you know, and, uh, you know, I, when I was a kid and we'd go to, we'd go to mass every, every Sunday, the priest always said the same thing at the end of, of mass. He would say, go forth and spread the good news. And that's what we've tried to do. We try to take good news. We try to take positive stories. We try to counter the, there's two narratives about Iowa and about young people in general. One is the, there's nothing to do in Iowa. It's boring. And, uh, we're trying to change that narrative by showing how much there is to do in Iowa. And the other narrative is there ain't no good young men. There's just the young men are just throwaways, that they're not going to be good, that they're not going to make good husbands, they're not going to make good workers, they're not going to make good students. And uh, that isn't true. We found that out of it, uh, definitely, isn't it? I completely agree, and the, and the news is, uh, you know, on a national, even the local level, it's it's a real pain in the rear because it, it is. It's all negative-based. I guess that's what sells, but uh, I'm not convinced that the good stuff doesn't sell either, and, and who doesn't need more positivity, so. But, yeah, I mean, uh, the young kids that I'm seeing, you know, they're good kids. They're smart kids. And let me tell you something. I'll tell you about these coaches that we talk to. No young man ever grew up to be a good man without good examples and other good men leading him to be a good man. Do you agree with that? Completely agree. And and you hear the coaches, um, 
come through the podcast interviews you do with them on that or when I've had the opportunity to chat for a few minutes. Uh, we're, we're really lucky. And I have a feeling this is not an uncommon theme anywhere in the nation. But, uh, yeah, we're really blessed around here. You know, and our, our coaches work a full-time job all day long. Yeah. And then, they, then they come in and put in every hour that they can with the kids. And then, like, that coach in Kyoto, he was telling us, you know, he says, he says, man, if, if my kids want to come in on Saturday, my kids want to come in on Sunday, work on their hitting, work on their base running, work on their fielding, he says, I'm in there to do that. I, I can't imagine how many hours uh, a baseball coach or a football coach or a basketball coach puts in with these young men. It's got to be insane, buddy. I, I work a full-time job, you know, and uh, I've got my own uh, family and, and uh, you know, a hobby that takes a lot of my time with the, with the gym there and everything. And, and uh, you know, even even coming on the podcast, you know, sometimes you ask me, hey, you got time or whatever, and sometimes it's a week before I can make time, for, you know, depending yeah, on I mean, you, you work full-time, you got three kids. Uh, I can't imagine. Work, you know, I mean, but you still... You, you, you're passionate about this, and you make time for it. Yeah, and and it's a worthwhile endeavor, and I enjoy it. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully, we always say things that the that the kids and the parents and the coaches like to hear. But uh, if not, I apologize. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it's a great time, and, and uh, I I've had a, I've had a heck of a time doing it. Well, uh, I got to cover a couple games this week, and they were both pretty pretty entertaining and exciting games that started out in Kyoto with Aiden Anderson becoming the uh, uh, winning. His, he's the first player to eight wins in the state of Iowa. He's 8-0, and oh, and really enjoyed watching him pitch. He's the big left-handed kid. He also uh, had a double and a triple and a couple walks, and, you know, he scored a bunch of runs, drove in a bunch of runs, you know. His performance, you know, was outstanding. And then uh, Wednesday we got up to uh, Sigourney, Secuta, and uh, Battle Sigourney for another rivalry game of the week. And then uh, Bo Smith became our first uh, two-time player of the game. He had a, a great game. Tell us your thoughts on that game. That one, uh, the more I thought about it, and then I, I you know, went back and listened to your uh, play-by-play that I helped with, um, the one thing that stood out to me about Bo was as what I expected was for him to be under control and throw strikes and let his defense back him up. You know, if, if they made contact, he wasn't going to worry about that. And, and uh, Sigourney's going to do what they do and not make many errors. And, and he was going to do a great job. But he had more velocity than I remember up in Kyoto. And, of course, he explained that in the interview after the game. But that that's what uh, um, the big eye-opener for me was, was seeing how – hard he can throw now that he's got his arm uh, positioned the way he wants and he's not in pain and, and things like that. And he stays in that strike zone and he's aggressive and he don't give out a lot of free passes and then when runners get on base it doesn't seem to, to bother him at all does it? It doesn't and Sigourney, uh, the Savages, they have that thing that I talk a lot about you know, green football where you know if you, if you do the fundamentals well the, the wins kind of take care of themselves and that seems to be the case with Sigourney, and that's why they're having a great season. Well, uh, we uh, we here at Round by the Podcast, you know, have always admired the outfield defense. We we pay particular attention to the defense in the outfield, and that game was one outstanding outfield play after the other, after the other, after the other. Can could you hardly believe how much the outfield defense has come up? 
man, yeah, yeah. and I, I can go back to play a much easier version of the sport, you know, a slow-pitch softball, and sometimes when a guy hits a towering shot and you're camped under it, it sometimes can be hard to glove that ball, and those kids were doing it. Yeah, there were a couple errors out there, you know, or, or whatever, but uh, the outfield played really well. I was really impressed, and I forgot to mention him on Twitter, uh, Chase Siren. Uh, for oh, my play. God, he made a big play. Yeah, and he's a young underclassman. Well, I think there was three plays where there were long drives hit clear to the fence. And players on a full sprint, you know, catch up to the ball and then crash into the wall. You know, uh, center field, left field, all over the place. Just great plays all over the place, you know. Uh, Absolutely. It was was really, really exciting. Uh, Sigurd came out with uh, the big win there and then – I guess they lost to uh, Cardinal last night, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, both teams outstanding records, both outstanding seasons. Uh, so, what other games were you kind of paying attention to this week? Well, um, I'm kind of looking over the scores that happened from last night. I, I try to follow on Twitter because a lot of the schools will, you know, have somebody, coach or whoever that posts them up. But you can always go to Varsity Bound, and uh, if the app's working for you, which mine seems to be today, <laughs> be able to get the scores. And you're right, Sigourney did drop a. 11-5 game to Cardinal last night. Well, Cardinal's on a roll. They're a much bigger school. They're two ways. They are. And they're in a tough uh, division themselves. They've got a 12-7 and record, but they've played a, a you know, they're in the same um, conference as New London. So they play quality opponents, and, and that is not a, a big deal to drop a single game to a team like that. So, uh, hey, did you ever get a score in that Don Bosco New London game? Yeah, that was... Uh, Earlier in the week, I can't remember if that was Monday, Tuesday, uh, but New London beat them twelve to two. And I swear, every time I check on New London games, they win twelve to two. <laughs> they put ten run, you know, mercy rule wins on everybody. It seems like. Don Barco's fantastic. They also beat yeah. Scott. Yeah, I mean, Unbelievable. you know, I mean, they—they, they, uh, I don't think uh, New London has lost, and they have. Uh, captured the attention of everyone here in southeast Iowa. And I think, you know, they're one of the, the probably the heavy favorites to go the deepest into the state tournament, I would think. Quite honestly, man, if I, you know, and I, don't, I don't remember who's ranked above them, but they're 19-0. and 0. They've got a seven-game lead over Cardinal in that uh, division of the southeast Iowa Super Conference. <laughs> It'd be hard for me to believe they can't win a state tournament this year. Well, their conference is – is tough, and their out-of-conference games are real tough. I mean, yeah. they seem to play anybody anywhere. They seem to have really tried to find the, the best talent that they could go up against in 2A schools and 3A schools and, and all of that. So, hey, let me ask you about Mid-Prairie. How was uh, their week? Well, let me check. Uh, let me get that pulled up real quick, Mid-Prairie. Um. Once I find the conference they play in here, let's see. They're out in the southeast. There's a, this is the one part of the, the app that um, I like, but you got to kind of go through the conferences to find which one each team plays in. And some I know really well and some I don't. I think they're in the River Valley South. I can be wrong. They, uh, they had one game canceled because they couldn't find any oh. umpires. Yeah, that's right. And uh, 
I don't know if they'll make that game up, but last night they had a 10-run decision over Comanche. They won that game 17-7. to So uh, a nice nice outing there. Really? I don't know what Comanche's record is. I, you know, I don't know if they're uh, on par with, with Mid-Prairie, but uh, Mid-Prairie's been state-ranked most of the year, and, and they've taken some losses, but they've played, you know, like they do in every sport, they've played a pretty brutal schedule. Well, it's good the schedule is off the charts. Uh, and they're playing big schools, and uh, they're playing schools with great records. And uh, yeah, I think they're definitely a team that's going to be ready for the playoffs. Uh, uh, Meepo, uh, are they still undefeated? Yeah, Mediapolis is eighteen and zero. Um, and there's, I, I'm noticing as I look through the standings, and at least in a smaller school conferences from our area, that there seems to be two teams at the top, and then everybody else. And that North Division of that conference, the Southeast Iowa Super Conference, Mediapolis is eighteen and zero, but they're followed closely by Highland, who's sitting at seventeen and two. And those guys play either tonight or tomorrow. I think it's tonight, so that's a big game coming up there for that division. Well, I was seen on Twitter from Andy Kretzinger that uh, Burlington had a couple of tough battles with Fairfield, but took both games, and uh, they seem to be uh, 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 driving a ship straight to the title, don't they? Yeah, yeah, that uh, that is not something I would disagree with. Now, Fort Madison seems to be the next tier in that uh, Southeast Conference. Uh, uh, they seem to have stepped up, but Fairfield, Washington, Mount Pleasant, uh, Keokuk, they are are kind of all good teams. They're, they're close to each other in talent, and uh, they have some uh, – Real epic battles. So all those teams are good, and uh, Burlington seems to be on top of all of that. Is there yeah. you know, any particular highlights that that we haven't got to that we needed to? Well, um, I believe. Wait, now I can't remember, but uh, I'm trying to follow the scores on Twitter last night a little bit as I'm relaxing before before bedtime, and uh, I believe there was a double header between. Washington and Fort Madison. I think Washington took one of those two. So that yeah, you know, I do it, think uh, that was a split. Now Washington is a team that uh, lost a lot of one-run games and close yeah. games, or blew some leads late and uh, didn't get off to the best record. But they seem to have uh, tightened the ship up a little bit lately. Yeah, and they're they're sitting at the bottom of the conference at five and thirteen, um, and Mount Pleasant's just barely ahead of them at seven and 14. I've seen both of those teams play and they're very good. And like you said, they've lost close games. I feel like both of those teams could easily, uh, you know, swap their record uh, and, and be 13 and five rather than the other direction. But uh, you know, that, like you said, Burlington, Fort Madison, kind of the class of the conference right now, Fairfield's not far off of those two. Well, I do think Fairfield is kind of distinguishing and, and, even Fairfield loses it seven to five or something like that, you know. What I mean, they don't get yeah. to, they don't get too run out of games or anything. But uh, I think uh, the playoff matches are, are getting together. And uh, I really thank you for being on the show. And uh, I want to thank the listeners, the all five thousand of them that we've got now. And uh, you know, we do have listeners overseas. We do have listeners in other states. And I think we're at now, I don't know, at least 46 states now. But it's all in Iowa. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean there's six, 700 outside of Iowa, and the rest of it's all inside of Iowa. And uh, right. yeah. I woke up yesterday about 60 away from uh, 5,000, 
and ended the day, you know, at 5,022 or something like that, you know? So, uh, we, we, you know, a lot of that was your help, you know, and helping me out with the baseball and the football and the basketball. But, uh, thank you for being my color guy. Uh, you were terrific. You were, you made the, the thing so much interesting, uh, our banner got a little cut short because of uh, because uh, the pitchers were not standing on the mound much. They were grabbing the ball and throwing it. And uh, yeah, so we got a couple stories started. We never got to finish. And here's one story that I was going to start out and say that I didn't get to say uh, because uh, as soon as I started saying that, Cole Clarehan drove one to right field uh, that bounced once and hit the wall. Uh, yeah, but uh, you're talking to me about Wilton. I remember. And uh, there was a player from Wilton who threw a no-hitter the other day. And what's interesting about that was his dad played for me when I coached in Little League, and his dad threw a no-hitter for me. That's a pretty spectacular story. (laughs) That was pretty good. And that kid's hit some home runs, and, you know, he's a great player. His dad had a a real passion for baseball, and we – I remember that game he threw the no-hitter. I was only going to pitch him three – Three innings, so I could have him for three innings to the uh, for the next game. We were going to play the first place team in that game, but after three innings, he didn't have any any hits. And I said, "Well, let's let's keep it going." And uh, you know, he he finished the game out with no hits. And I remember the the last kid hit the ball on the screws. You know what I mean? For a certain what would be that would be a certain base hit. Yeah. Our shortstop left his feet, reached up as high as he could, and snow coned that bad boy. <laughs> You know, and it was pandemonium, you know. Yeah, you know, and, and you got to have that in a no-hitter. I mean, the pitcher's got to be on fire, but you've got to have some spectacular play behind you to preserve a nine innings or seven innings or whatever it is, um, whatever level. Uh, so, yeah, that's awesome. So, anyway, thanks for listening, you know, to everything that you've ever listened to. Uh, thanks for following this week in high school baseball. Uh Thanks, Corwin Henshaw, Henshaw Trailer Sales, for putting on all these, helping us get all these programs on the air, and uh, all the other sponsors that are coming on. And if anybody else wants to help us cover out, just get a hold of us. We're, we're, you know, we're more than happy. And I feel like, you know, with as many people as we have listening, you know, I mean, when you've got, you know, uh, 200 plus people in cities of Ollie and Hedrick and Kelowna and Washington and 600 people in Mount Pleasant. You know, I got 250 people listening in, in Kyoto. I mean, that's the, you know, that's why we can help you with the advertising because we got loyal, dedicated listeners. We, we put out the type of programming that, that people in Southeast Iowa uh, lost. There's been 100,000 podcasts fail since I started, you know, including CNN and, you know, many, you know, you know, CNN put $500 million into CNN Plus. It lasted 21 days, you know. But here we are plugging away, aren't we? That's all you can do. Hey, I want to correct myself real quick, and I think you'll find this interesting. I had said earlier that Meepo and Highland play this weekend. At some point, they don't. Mediapolis um, has beat Highland twice already. Those are Highland's only two losses. But Highland at 17-2, and two, Travels to New London tonight, seven oh. That's the big one of the week that I was. Uh, well, that will be a, a big and exciting game, and uh, yeah, wasn't uh, 
leaving for vacation with my wife, I might drive down there and, and uh, see that one myself. But, uh, pull over and make them watch a baseball game on the way. <laughs> well, I'm going to be gone a little bit next week, so uh, I'll try to get an interview with Andy Kretzinger and the one with Scott, and we'll uh, try to keep you up on baseball as the playoffs start to, to draw to uh, the, the beginning. The season's winding down, and we've got another week of the season, and then the, the playoffs, and I'll be back to the playoffs. But the, the, the pairing's already out, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, how important these uh, last few games are, but uh, they'll be because uh, it won't even affect your seating or anything. But we're, right. we'll, we'll be here with the playoffs to give you the best playoff coverage we can get. Uh, thanks for everything you did, Scott. And, uh, you know, you. Yeah, I'm only going to give you credit for about 4000 of the 5000 Oh, I guess I can take that, but it's probably a lot lower. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this is uh, – I've got a, a great this week in baseball for you. It's mostly just coaches' interviews. Uh, I got, I've been, you know, interviewing the coaches, and then give them to the games gives me an opportunity to talk to some coaches that I haven't seen before, so – this this is uh, this week in in high school baseball. Thanks for listening and uh, congratulations for uh, to Scott and to John Bain and to Bob Dewitt and to Steve Pilchin, the round guy, and everybody that's been involved in the the podcast. Uh, we're gonna you know now that I got the five thousand, I had to work almost night day to get to five thousand, and I'm gonna double my efforts to get to ten thousand because ten thousand is where the advertisers and the corporate stuff starts to come in. So you will get there. And uh so uh, enjoy the rest of this week in baseball. Well we're here with uh, Jeremy Thomas, the coach of the English Valley Bears. He's gonna give us a little preview of what his team's gonna bring to the table tonight. Welcome to the program Jeremy. Thank you for having us. So you say you've been the coach here for about six years, and you've been coaching for 15 years here with the team? Yes, so I started as assistant almost right out of uh, college, uh, maybe just one year off, and then uh, went to a few head coaches, and now I started, this is either year six or seven, they kind of start blending together after some time. What are listeners know where English Valley is? Uh, North English. Just right over by near Williamsburg, about 15 minutes away. So, uh, how's the season been going? Not bad. Uh, you know, we're we're a little low on pitching depth. Uh, we've had some injuries, uh, torn labrums, and shoulder issues. Uh, so we do have a bona fide starter in Time Moore that uh, throws really really well. I think he is two two and two on the year or two and three but he's been uh tied in three other ball games and we pulled him out and then lost the lead or lost the game there after so uh you know it's kind of you don't know what you're going to get every night we're just looking for some consistency at the pitching so who started tonight uh Bo Flanders starting tonight Bo Flanders yep. is starting tonight now yep. how's his season going not too bad uh Bo's kind of just been a spot pitcher for us here and there um, you know throw just a couple innings a year but now with the injuries he's kind of pushed into a starter role uh, so it kind of took him a while to adjust to that he threw last week against North Mahaska had a really good game uh, threw about six innings uh, about 90 pitches and only gave up two earned runs uh, we just didn't quite have enough off offensive support to get the win for him is this a big week with a lot of games for you no no last week was our big week uh, we had uh, Five last week, we had uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then a, a Saturday tournament this past Saturday where we played two. 
Uh, so we only play tonight and Friday night because Wednesday night is our night off. That's where we were supposed to play Tri-County, but since they don't have a team, uh, that's kind of our night off this so week. Uh, probably helpful is that the games pile up and it's tough on the pitch. Good for the hitters. Yeah. They see a lot of pitching. So let, let's go over the team. Uh, let's talk about the catcher. Who do you got behind the plate? Uh, we have Ty Ayers behind the plate. He's a sophomore. Uh, he's been catching since he's in eighth grade. He's a... He's a very good defensive catcher. We're still working on arm strength to be able to uh, hold some runners at bay. Uh, but you know, with any young player, uh, he's still working on that. At uh, first base, we have Taylor Landers, who's a senior. Um, I believe he's either tied for first or in second place with home runs on the year, uh, with three, I believe. And then at second base tonight is Trayton Shaw. Um, he's another a junior that it's his first year starting. Uh, Ty Moore's at shortstop tonight. Uh, that's his natural position besides pitching. His cousin Luke Moore's at third base, another sophomore starter that's been playing the last two years for us who's come around hitting. Uh, we have Luke Dillon in left field who is back after um, missing all of last year with a shoulder surgery. And then uh, we go Josh Osborne, a junior in center, and Landon Montross, another sophomore in right field. Well, who provides some speed, some range, and maybe some arm strength out there in the outfield? Uh, Luke Dillon, for sure, has the arm strength. Uh, Josh is kind of that typical center fielder, kind of lanky, uh, not very quick, but he covers a lot of ground and not very many steps. And then Landon's kind of just our all-around good glove that you can kind of put around there. Well, let's talk about the team's hitting. You know, do you have any good contact hitters? Do you have anybody that can bunt well? And do you have anybody that can drive in runs? What we kind of lack is the RBIs this year. We're, we're very good about getting on base and getting runners in scoring position, and then we're just not getting them in when we need to. Uh, I haven't put last week's stats in yet, but both Landers right around a 500 hitter. Uh, the next guy up uh, was normally our Caden Hall, who's a senior, but he's the one that had shoulder surgery, so he is out, so we're kind of still searching for another two hitter right now. And then Ty Moore is probably our best contact hitter, so that's why he's in the three spot, because Bo is, you know, he won the state uh, title his junior year in the 100 meter dash and came in third uh, this year. So he's in our leadoff spot to get on, try to get to second, then hopefully one of those next two guys to get him in. Well, it sounds like you have a few really uh, excellent athletes on the team. We do, yep. Well, we're talking to Jerry Thomas of the English Valley uh, Bears. Uh, tell me about Kyoto. Uh, it seems like you've been around a while. You've, you've played a few games here. Yep. Is this a pretty good atmosphere to play ball games at? Yeah, like the field. Uh, always thought it's one of the better fields in the in the conference. Um, you know, just how baseball and softball is right next to each other. Nice environment. Nice, usually nice playing surface. Things like that. Just a good time coming down here. Do you, Do they have any players that you you're you're trying to stop or or have your attention? Oh yeah. I mean, the the Clarehan brothers are phenomenal athletes. I mean, Colton's been an all-state pitcher for a couple years. His younger brother, Caden, um, is a great catcher with a cannon behind the plate. So uh, obviously those two, you always try to slow down. And then, you know, they've had some surprises this year. Uh, Aiden Anderson's been a great addition. Uh, you know, he kind of primarily played a lot of JV last year, but this year he's really stepped up. I think he's in top three in the conference and wins as a pitcher. Um, and they just got a few nice pieces. You know, they don't they're not one of those teams that when you look at scores, they, they really pile it on and they really wow you, but they really don't do anything to beat themselves, and they're just very fundamentally sound baseball team. Well, we really enjoyed talking to you, Jeremy. Thanks for stopping by. You bet. Thank you, sir.
Welcome back to Round Guy Radio as Comstack Chiropractic of Hedrick, Iowa presents Pekin Panthers Baseball. We're here with a special guest, uh, the voice of the Pekin Panthers, Michael Comstock. Welcome to the program, Michael. Thanks for having me on again. It's been well, a little while. Well, tell me about the baseball season so far. Well, uh, record isn't what the Panthers would like to see. The 5-9 on the season coming in tonight. But uh, I was just going through some numbers today. Those five of the nine losses they have... The teams that they've played have a combined record of 62-3 and three in five of the, for five of those losses. They lost to Key Lansing, who's 22-2. They lost to New London, who's 14-0. and 0. Um, Mediapolis is, I believe, 15-0 and 0 now. And Highland is 14-1 and 1 with their only loss coming to Mediapolis. So, yeah, Mediapolis is a two-way school, and they're a big, uh, real good school. They might be undefeated as last I knew they were. Yep, they are. Yep, there's... Mediapolis undefeated, and uh, Highland's only loss was to Mediapolis. Key Lansing, as I talked about, they're from way up northeast. We saw them at Eddyville. They have two losses. They're 22-2. and two. They started off the season ranked number one in the state, but they lost, dropped the game early on to New London. So one of, or one of their two losses is to New London, who uh, knocked us off. So, Well, uh, New London is really... From everyone I see talks to me, tells me they're the class of the division. Yeah, they are a very good team, very well coached, very disciplined team. Um, nine seniors, I believe, on the team. So they are poised to make a run this year. And unfortunately, we're in the same district as them as we just got our districts come, came out last week. So well, if we want to make it on, we, we'll have to knock them off. How many, uh, how, how many games is left in the season? We got about two, a little over two weeks left. So, so yeah, I think it's coming to a close. Well, I've been going to different ballparks and uh, different places. Uh, this seems like a really great place to see a game. What's great about coming to a game at Peter? Well, the one nice thing is you can watch the girls and the boys being right beside each other. You can stand between both fields and then check both teams out at the same time, which is kind of nice. And there's several of our schools in our conference that way, but we've got a few that are spread out. But you know, you can have a spot in between the two. You can pay attention to both sides of the field, and that's a, that's always a nice thing. For the boys, the worst part is looking into the sun for, for most of the people in the crowd. So uh, that's the pitchers definitely have an advantage early in the game as the batters are staring into the sun for the first half of the game. So You kind of got a Field of Dreams thing going on there. That's the nicest looking corn I've seen anywhere this year. <laughs> Yeah. Out behind the outfield fence. Is over a, here on the softball field, on the outfield fence of the baseball diamond, you uh, look over our football field. So you look kind of, if you get a real long home run, they'll have to chase it out on the football field on that, over on the baseball, or on the foot, uh, on the baseball side of it there. Well, uh, one of the most important things for me about coming to a ballpark is the concession stand. What, what's the good stuff I'm smelling as we're sitting over top of it right now? You know, they, they grill chicken breast, they grill, uh, Real pork loins, which all come from the Packwood Locker, just down the road. So those are all, everything's top notch. And I believe they even get their hot dogs from the locker over there. So anything off the grill is pretty good here at Pekin. It smells really good. Anyway, so let's, uh, I guess let's just start out with the pitching. Tell me about Pekin's pitching. Uh, they're led by a couple seniors. Um, Jackson Horse is a transfer that came in from Grinnell. Um, he's... Unfortunately, 0-4 on the season, but he's matched up twice against Mediapolis, and he threw the start against Key, so he has some had, had some tough luck losses. He comes in. He's a fireball right-hander. He signed to pitch at DMAC next year. So, um, and then we have a left-handed pitcher, Chase Stansberry, who 
has done a really nice job. He kind of battled some arm injuries at the start of the season, but he's kind of settled in now. He's been one of the top two pitchers the last couple of seasons. Um, so those two are our main two pitchers that we've got. And then another senior, Colton Comstock, has stepped up, and he's 2-0 on the season. After that, um, Hudson Van Englehoven's got some innings for the Panthers. Chandler Stoll, another senior, has gotten some innings. So the top two are, you know, will match up pretty well with anybody in our conference between with Horace and Stansbury on the mound. Now, uh, you mentioned Stansbury. Uh, I talked to Andy Kretzinger of the uh, Southeast Iowa Union. And he he uh, was out at Wapolo, uh your last game. Said Stansbury really pitched a great game. And you came out there with a big win, didn't you? Yeah, I wasn't at that game. I was... Uh, I got the night off, or my other broadcast partner took that game, so I got to watch my other son play middle school baseball, so that was kind of nice. But yeah, we kind of uh, let him hang around a little longer than what I think the boys would have liked to have seen, but they came on and, and, and put it away fairly easily. I think it was 11-3 was the final score. So, And uh, Chase, you know, he does a nice job on the mound. He Last last week he had a complete game shutout and uh, was close to uh, – having a perfect game up until the last inning when we, the, the runner that scored actually got on. He struck him out. He got on on the drop third strike, and he came around to score. So not the way you want to want to give up a run, but, you know, he picked up a strikeout. And so he's done a nice job all year for the Panthers. I believe he's 3-0 and on the season. So, Well, tell me about your catchers. I always think that's such a big part of the pitching, uh, you know, who's behind the plate, how they block pitches, how they call games, what kind of arms they got. Tell me about the catchers that you're using. Uh, we got two juniors that have been catching, splitting the time quite a bit. Uh, Coy Pollock and Blake Jewell doing most of the work behind the plate. Well, actually, they've caught all the games behind the plate. So, Coy kind of started off the year behind the plate, and then he had a little shoulder injury that he dealt with for – he missed a week or so, and then Blake Jewell stepped in and did a nice job. Of course, his brother Mason was a longtime catcher here at Pekin as well, so that kind of runs in the Jewell blood. So uh, those two have done a nice job behind the plate. And, you know, they, they have worked with a lot of our pitchers all for several years behind the plate, so they know the pitchers. And, of course, Jackson being new, just coming in this year, they're learning learning how to catch him. And uh, he's a difficult case. He, he throws pretty hard, and he's got a pretty nasty breaking ball. So he, he gives them a little bit of uh, work behind the plate when he's on the mound. Well, let me talk about the defense of the team before we get into the offense. I want to talk about, and at first, I always like to talk, talk about the outfield defense. It just seems so often the games are decided on the outfield defense. What kind of outfield defense am I going to see from the Peak Panthers? You know, they've been pretty solid. We had, we've struck a little on left field at times, but center field and right field have been pretty steady most of the year. Um, Comstock plays in center, Stansbury is usually in right. Although they switched it up, and he's been playing first base the last couple of games, and then Jackson Horace has been playing in right field when he hasn't been pitching. Um, Cade Parmenter has been in left. Cade does a nice job. He he's a junior. This is his first real varsity experience this year, so he's he's learning as he goes. He's one of those. He seems to make the really tough plays, but has trouble concentrating on some of the easier plays sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so does anybody have any good range, any speed? Is there anyone particularly with a really good arm out in the outfield? Stansbury has a really good arm in, in right field. Um, Comstock covers a lot of ground in center. You know, those two cover, and actually Parmenter is really fast too. So they cover a lot of ground in the outfield. Um, <laughs> we we talked after the game in Iowa City because we played Central Lee in Iowa City, and Colton was playing center field, and he said he's never had to run so far for a baseball in his life. 
It went over his head and ran all the way to the 400-foot sign out in center field. said, most of those balls that are hit are home runs, so I don't have to chase them down that far. <laughs> so let's talk about your corner infielders, your third basemans and your first basemans, and uh, how, how are they playing this year? They're doing pretty well. Um, third base has been kind of a merry-go-round. We've been struggling to find that one person to step in there. Um, we've had Pollock has played there a little bit. Jewel has played there some. Horace has played there a little bit. So that's one that they have really struggled to, to pin down who they're going to play at that third base spot. So first base has been either Hudson Van Inglehoven or uh, Chase Stansbury has been over at first base, and they've done a nice job on that corner. Third base has been, has, of our infield, the third base has been where we struggled the most this year. Well, they don't call it the hot corner for nothing. And uh, I've seen a lot of, a lot of players uh, – well, there's a lot of challenging plays down that third baseline. When they hit to them, they usually hit pretty hard, and there's a lot of skips and angles, and you got to get yourself in the right position, to, and uh, you got to make a good throw. And uh, But uh, let's talk about up the middle then, uh, your shortstop and your second baseman, your double play combination. Ch- Chandler Stahl's been starting at shortstop most of the year until he went down with a shoulder injury, so Jaden Wolver has stepped in and done a nice job for him. Jaden's a sophomore. Chandler is a senior, um, so... Jaden had been playing some second base, and then when Chandler got hurt, they switched Jaden over to play some shortstop. So he's been over there the last week. They moved uh, Stoll back in the lineup and put him at second. So those two have been kind of interchangeable at second and short. Kind of depends on, you know, that's one nice thing. We've got a pretty personal team. It depends on who's on the mound. It kind of shifts everybody around. And, and I really hasn't settled on one set lineup yet. So they kind of have been... Still looking for that one magic lineup that seems to work real well for them. So it sounds like you've got a lot of flexible players that can play different positions, and depending on needs at night, can play infield, outfield, or, you know, a cornucopia of third basemen. But uh, let me tell you, you you mentioned your your shortstop's down a little bit, and and I want to talk about your bench and your utility players. You know, who is it that you have on the bench that can come in, fill in, create a little spark, maybe start a little late-inning rally, maybe provide some defense or some speed to help the team go. Yeah, uh, Sven Dahlstrom has done a nice job. He, he kind of got the start at second base um, early on in the season, but he's kind of been relegated to that role coming off the bench. He filled in and pitched some the other night at the Central League game. He finished the game for us there. And then he can fill in at shortstop. He can fill in at second base. And he even played some outfield for us, so... You know, really off of the bench, we're not a real deep team. We've got nine, and then Dahlstrom really coming off the bench, and that's about what we've got for the team this year. So there's not a whole lot of flexibility off of the bench. Had a couple of young guys that will step in and do maybe some courtesy running and stuff. and uh, But other than that, it's been a, about a 10-player ten, ten team for most of the year this year. Well, we're talking to Michael Comstock, who's uh, the voice of the Pekin Panthers. Tell our listeners how we can follow the Pekin Panthers through, your, through uh, Tumble Radio, through the social media, whatever other sites. Yeah, well, um, we're on Atomo with we're out of, with the Atomo Radio Group. They cover several different teams around the area, but our specific station is 101.5 Kiss FM. So that is where a majority of our games are. Um, I used to tell people we could listen to uh, the games on the Atomo Radio webpage, but they've been having trouble with that lately. So I don't want to put that out there too much. They've been struggling with their webpage lately. So, but normally we, I would tell you, tomoradiogroup.com is a good place to catch some of our games, but they've been trying to get that figured out. So hopefully they get that straightened out before long. But 101.5 KISS FM is where you can follow all of Pekin Panther Athletics, all 
football, baseball, and basketball season. So, uh, well, it's been a, I really enjoyed talking to you today. Is there anything that we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to? Um, well, we'll go over the offense a little bit. Yeah, oh yeah, we had to talk about the hitting. Yeah, and I did see that you had some uh, some guys that hit some home runs on the team. Yeah, team like seems to have some power. Yeah, we've got some power. We got some pretty good average. We got a couple guys up around the 350, 400 range. Stansbury's one of those guys. He's he's a rare combination. He can hit he can hit a home run, but he's a he's a very very savvy batter. He's been starting since he was a freshman. He started on the team that went to the state. He got the start up at when they played at. Principal Park there as a freshman. He uh, started in right field for them that year. So he's uh, probably been the, the leading hitter. Horace has come on lately, and he's got his average up to about 350 now. He's been hitting the ball really well. Comstock's right around that 350 batting average as well. Um, Power-wise, Hudson and England Hovens hit a couple home runs. Coy Pollock's hit a couple home runs. Horace has a home run. So it's been all through the lineup that we've had several uh, players step up and uh, show the power. Especially, you know, at our home field, we, we've got a pretty small park, so uh, if you can get a couple up in the air, you know, you've got a chance to hit it out. Where, whereas uh, Stansbury one-hopped one off the fence in Iowa City there last Friday night. So, you know, if you've ever been up to Dwayne Banks Field, that's a big field all the way around. And uh, to one-hop one off the fence, you can tell what kind of power he has. So uh, tell me about some of the games that you got coming up. Where, where are some home games we can see and maybe what some challenges for the team? Well, we're on the road the rest of the week. Well, I guess we only got one game left this week. We're at West Burlington tomorrow night. Next week we are, let's see, Monday. We're off on Monday, no game Monday, because that would have uh, been Columbus. But Columbus doesn't have a team this year. They've joined with Winfield. So we're off Monday night. Tuesday night is Highland, so that will be – a home game for us. That'll be a big matchup. That's always a big rivalry game. And Wednesday is a non-conference, but it's another big rivalry. Cardinals coming to town on Wednesday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, both will be some good baseball here at Pekin High School. Yeah, and I've heard Cardinals got a pretty good team this year. Yeah, they're doing pretty well. I think I saw they're eight and five and in second place in the south half of the conference. So yeah, that's always that's always a rivalry game and always a big game. So next week in Tuesday, Wednesday, I haven't looked past Wednesday to know who we've got Thursday, Friday. I know we've got a four-game week next week, so we play every game every night except for Monday, but I haven't looked past Wednesday, so because having Highland and Cardinal to start the week, that's kind of a that's a big start to the week right there. Well, Highland has a pitcher named Schultz. Have you seen him? Uh, several times. Yeah. yeah How he, good is he? He's good. He's good. He's he's. I believe he started as a freshman against us, so uh, coming into his senior year, um, we've seen him a lot over the years. Big, tall right-hander, throws hard, got a nice change-up off-speed pitch that kind of keeps batters at, at bay. And So he's he's a challenge when he's on the mound. What, what conference are you guys in? We're in the Southeast Iowa Super Conference. We're in the North Division. The Sickle? So, nope. Southeast Iowa Super Conference. So we've got Pekin. So Pekin, New, Pekin Lone Tree, Highland. Hillcrest Academy, Columbus, Winfield, and Minneapolis and Wapping. So some two-way schools and mixed in there. And then our our schedule pretty much is we play all of those teams twice, and then we play the south half of our conference, which is Van Buren, Cardinal, the Burlington schools. We play them all one time through the schedule. So uh, you're playing Winfield Mount Union tonight, who's combined with Columbus. And uh, they recently uh, got a couple wins, so they got a little steam at their back. Uh, 
What are we going to see out of that team tonight? You know, they're a young team, and when we saw them over there, they really struggle on the mound throwing strikes against us. Uh, we scored 16 runs in that game over there. We beat them 16-0, to zero, and I think we had four hits on the night. So we had a – it was a tough radio game to call. A lot of walks. It's hard to make walks exciting on the radio. So uh, if, they, if they can figure out their pitching, you know, they, they hit the ball fairly well against us. But, uh, you know, we, we just – we seem to handle them over there. But second time around is always tougher playing a team, and uh, they'll be ready for us, I'm sure, tonight. Yeah, I think we're in for a pretty good game, actually. You know, it seems like they, they've improved quite a bit from the beginning of the year, and uh, I'm looking forward to a, to a real exciting night. And sure appreciate uh, you being here and sponsoring this episode uh, with your chiropractic service. Can you, you let our listeners know where your chiropractic service is? Yeah, my office is in Hedrick. I'm right on Main Street, which if you're coming into Hedrick, Main Street is not the highway. That fools everybody. Main Street is the one that runs the main street that runs north and south through town so uh come into town there's a big hedrick sign that's lit up sometimes sometimes it's not but uh if you turn left at that road if you're coming from the east or right when you're coming from the west you'll come right down to four-way stop and my office is right there on main street at the four-way stop cool we're gonna uh you've helped us keep us abreast of the Pekin panthers uh sports uh, through the basketball season hopefully through the football season to are you looking forward to the football season? Yeah, you know, it was a rough year last year. We didn't win a game, but Coach Weber was in his first season, and um, they're hitting it hard in the weight room this year, and Coach Weber's got things going in the right direction. I'm sure, you know, we won't see a whole, you know, we, we aren't going to expect to come out and be undefeated next year, that's for sure, but hopefully they move in the right direction, and, and you know, if, if they finish over 500 with the schedule we got, that'll be a good year for the team next year. Well, I talked to the coach, and he did tell me that the Boosters put a bunch of money into a new weight facility and that he's got the kids in there really working hard. Yeah, it's it's amazing to watch the kids. You know, they've got them, even the middle schoolers are going in, working out, even on their study hall period, they've got it worked out that they can go in and work out with Coach Weber during study hall, and, you know, that's... That's where it all starts. You got to build it from the bottom up and get things going. And and uh, Coach Weber's got things going in the right direction here. So that's going to be huge. It's going to take a couple of years for it to show up on the high school field, you know, because we're just so far behind in the weight room of where we should be. But uh, you know, they'll get there. And you know, you start with these seventh and eighth graders and teach them the fundamentals, and then they'll be they'll be the ones to carry things on in the near future. Well, you can count on Round Guy Radio be there through the football season as we're going to gear up and uh, do some interviews with some of the uh, uh, football coaches in the area because I know spring or the summer practices are kind of getting going. And, uh, well, it was great to talk to you. Uh, it was a pleasure, and thank you again for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. It's Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa presents uh, today the North Mahaska Warhawks, and we're on the phone with Coach Kevin Kelderman. Welcome to the program, Coach. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, uh, tell us about how the team's doing this year, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of go over it with the pitching and the defense and the hitting, but uh, give us an overview of how the, how the season's gone so far. You know, pretty well. Um, kind of got a, a blend of some younger kids and some older kids. Uh, lost uh, a good group of seniors from last year's squad that uh, – made it to the sub-state championship but uh you know we're, we're nine and five right now um had some uh close ball games that have gotten away from us late um could have easily you know might be 
11 and three, but also we've, we've won some close ball games. So um, overall, uh, we, we've hit the ball well so far, and uh, most nights we've played pretty good defense. Um, and that's kind of, I say, what we kind of um, try to stick in as, as the importance of priorities. Most times in high school baseball, if you can eliminate errors, you're going to be in most ball games. So tell me a little bit about your journey. Uh, uh, you you came. You've been uh, uh, several, you know, seventeen years or something as the coach. Uh, I was told. Uh, how, how did you become the coach, and uh, what's the experience been like? Well, actually, uh, it worked out really well. And I was at, at William Penn uh, College at that point. Uh, my student taught at North Pahaska, and uh, liked it, and uh, ended up uh, staying there after student teaching and kind of rolled or fell into a job there and yeah that was actually 25 years ago and that first year the baseball job came open and um, I um, was fortunate enough to uh, get the baseball job then so um, been here at North Mahaska for 25 years been the head baseball coach for 25 years Um, really enjoyed my time here I've uh, my wife actually works at the school also and uh, we've had uh, two children actually graduate. One's a dental hygienist in Ames. Uh, one that was Jensen, and Ty is actually uh, going to be a sophomore at UNI. And then I have Jack, who right now is a freshman on the baseball team. Well, you know, uh, from the year I've been following uh, North Mahaska, North Mahaska is known for really scrappy teams. And I saw your team play last night, and they were exactly that. They were very scrappy. Uh, you, you had a kid named Dodge that pitched. Uh, he seemed like he was stellar. Dodge is a, a good kid. Uh, that's what we, we try to, you know, uh, play hard. Um, uh, one of my biggest uh, things I say is you win with class, you lose with class. And uh, um, we want to be able to play hard, play the game the right way. Uh, Dodge kind of um, <clears throat> takes that. Uh, kind of a bad situation I would say last night as a senior I um he kind of felt the arm pop and so we're a little worried that um yeah he's one of our corner pieces uh but you know you always hope that you have uh the next person kind of step into a role and step up and uh uh, hopefully that's not the case as far as Dodge being injured um for the rest of the year but uh no he's one of those puts his nose into it and uh, uh loves the game and uh that's that's what you want from your kids well, it seems like he stays in the strike zone and he attacks the hitters. He really likes that inside the half of the plate, tries to establish that, and that really worked well for him. Uh, how many pitches did he get in last night? Last night he got in 86. 86 um, pitches. So, um, yeah, we were – this is kind of a busy week for us, so we were hoping to kind of get him um, deep into the ball game and kind of eliminate uh, – you know, the pitch count is a huge – uh, rule now and so especially with small schools you kind of got to watch out and and kind of prepare and and be ready for the next ball game but still try to win the ball game you're at and uh, sometimes that gets to be a little bit of a headache but uh, yeah you know you're watching out for the kids that way but yeah he's he's done a, a great job for us so it seemed like the heat was a little bit of a problem uh, particularly maybe for a Kyoto starter he seemed to get kind of hot as the as it wore out as he, you know, uh, I mean, it was hot. I mean, it's uh, that's that's part of uh, you know we play. We're the only state that plays summer baseball, as far as high school goes, and 
uh, sometimes you just got to deal with it and, and hope the kids, uh, you know, get plenty of fluids in them as the game goes on. And, and uh, you try to take care of them and obviously make sure and, and obviously do what's best for them also. You got to keep that in mind. It's, it's just a game. And uh, you hope the kids have fun doing it, but you want uh, their safety. Um, obviously, you got to look out for them also. Well, what was the Dodge, that Dodge kid's first name? Dodge is actually his first name. Oh. Duke is his last name. Dodge it's Duke. Dodge well, Duke. That is yeah, a pretty kind cool of a name. Different name. <laughs> well, I hope he I hope he can uh, uh, rest his soldier shoulder and get back into action because it's a it's a really fun to sit and watch him pitch. But what other yeah. kind of pitching you got? Tell me about your pitching. Um, Nash Smith, a uh, big tall lefty, um, good athlete. Um, he also throws quite a bit for us. Um, and then we just kind of have a mix. Um, and that's what we're going to have to go to. Uh, Nate Sampson seen some time as a sophomore. Uh, you saw Nolan Anderson last night uh, come in relief as a sophomore. Um, Drake Hall comes in relief. Um, some as a junior is another lefty plays center field for us. Um, Jack Kelderman is a freshman has gotten some time on the mound and he'll probably have to see a little bit more time. Uh, and then Jaden style, um, another senior that kind of comes in relief, um, in spot situations for us. So we kind of got a blend of, you know, um, young and old and, and my big stress is you got to be able to throw strikes and we want to eliminate walks and we want to eliminate errors. Because in the end, usually those are the types of things that kind of come back and bite you in the butt. If the other team hits the ball and they hit it where you're not, you know, that's what happens. Um, but, again, you want to eliminate those freebies when you can. Well, uh, I want to talk about the defense, and I want to start uh, behind the plate with the catcher. Uh, your catcher impressed me last night. He looked pretty good. Uh, uh, he, he blocked a lot of balls. It was uh, the first pitcher, uh, the Dodge, he, he was, you know, in the strike zone a lot, so probably wasn't that hard to – catch him but i thought he i thought he, he showed some ability back there who is that and uh jaden stout is our catcher and uh jaden uh you know he's he started for us in the outfield the last couple of years and actually has kind of been a um a backup catcher for us uh, for the weekend tournaments and stuff like that and uh you know he's come along um i think in the beginning of the year it was just trying to get his feet back wet getting um, used to just receiving the ball and stuff like that. And, uh, no, he's, he's come along, done a nice job for us. Um, got a nice arm back there and, and getting better, uh, you know, and used to balls being in the dirt and, and trying to eliminate those runners advancing bases. And so, uh, he's done a nice job back there for us. Uh, Ben Johannes plays third base and, and he's also seen some time behind the plate, spot time, um, just kind of, given uh, Stout a little bit of a breather, and, and he's done a nice job back there, too. So, no, those two, especially uh, Jaden, um, seen a lot of time back there, have really stepped in and filled um, a key hole for us that uh, graduated last year. So uh, I want to talk about the outfield defense because it just seems like the outfield defense is a, the difference in so many games that I play. You know, I was like to say if a guy gets by the infield, that's a single. A guy gets by the out, ball gets by the outfield, and – you know, it could be the whole shebang, but uh, uh, your defense uh, uh, had some difficult uh, plays, and you made quite a few of them. You, you I was, I was satisfied with the way they played. Uh, how do you, uh, how do you rate the the outfield defense? 
Yeah, the outfield defense, that's what, um, you know, a lot of kids growing up, you know, they, they don't think the outfield, um, you know, is it is a fun spot to play. But obviously, once you get a little older and there's a lot of balls hit out there, you find out that that's just as important, if not more important, um, you know, than some of the infield spots. And, no, I have, I'm confident in our outfield. Uh, Drake Hall plays a, a really good center field, um, breaks on the ball. Um, you know, and uses his speed. Uh, there's been a few times, you know, maybe a little misread or something like that. But overall, he's done a nice job. Um, uh, Nash Smith plays left field, another lefty. So we got two lefties in the outfield most of the time. And uh, then in right, we kind of split time between a senior and a freshman. Um, ben Boonder is a senior, kind of started there to begin the year off. He twisted his ankle bad, and so he had to miss a couple of weeks. And so freshman Lucas Nunnikoven kind of stepped in and, and did a really nice job for us. And we just feel like they both deserve time. And so they kind of split the job right now in right field for us. Well, let's talk the, the corner infield positions, the first base and the third base. How's the team performing there? You know, we, we asked Ben Johannes. He's one of those kids that he's got a good bat and we want that bat in the lineup. Um, he's been playing catcher pretty well all his life. And uh, we just kind of felt we could hopefully get him to uh, – take that role at third base for us and, and he's done a nice job um, especially for a kid that really hasn't had hard any experience on the infield um, you know kind of stays in front and got a nice arm across the diamond uh, at first base we've got Nolan Anderson um, Nolan has actually battled some knee issues and so you haven't really seen him back varsity wise but you know defensively um, you know, makes a lot of plays, uh, uh, does a nice job on fly balls, uh, you know, caught a few, uh, this year up against fences and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, when, uh, when he gets really healthy and we're able to kind of use his bat, he's a very strong kid, actually him and Ben both are big upper built, upper body strength, uh, strong kids. And so, uh, when they get the back going and they make contact, that ball is going to go. So it's good to have both of them at the corners. Well, it, you know, the real, really good teams are strong up the middle. You know, they got the good catcher, they got the good center fielder, and they got that good tandem shortstop second base. So, uh, how, how's your shortstop second base situation? You know, Jaden Style uh, is our second baseman, and he's actually uh, been there for three years now, and and he he mans that and does a nice job. He's got a strong arm for a second baseman. Um, we kind of split time and, you know, when you're in small school, you kind of move people around depending on who's pitching. Um, Dodge Duke has played some shortstop. Um, obviously probably won't um, see, see him there anymore, but uh, Nate Sampson, um, sophomore, has kind of stepped in and, and, and done a nice job um, for us at shortstop. Uh, you know, we might have to do some different things from now on if, um, if Dodge isn't able to play defensively for us. So uh, we might ask Jaden Style to, to kind of creep over from second to short and uh, maybe Jack Kelderman step in at second some. But, uh, no, defensively up the middle, um, I've, I've been very happy with uh, what we've done. We've, we've fielded the ball pretty well. I mean, we've had one or two games where it's kind of gotten away from us. We weren't focused. Um, you know, it's, we're talking about high school kids here, and so you're going to have those nights. But overall, defensively, uh, you know, I, I feel like that defense has kept us in ball games and and gave us and and it's, it's given us a chance to win ball games. So uh, we always talk to to 
coaches about their bench and about the utility players and who can come off and provide a spark. And this is a good example because you got one of your star players is down and you've got to have somebody come off the bench and get you some production. So who, what's your bench like? You know, we're, we're, we're kind of young there. Um, and so we're not necessarily tested. Uh, that's the thing. I, I try to, I used to go to a lot of tournaments on the weekends and, um, you know, pitch count is, made that very tough as well as the rule now where you have to play a seven inning ball game or a run limit ball game. Um, it used to be on weekends. Uh, they would allow us to kind of play an hour and a half or maybe a five inning ball game. And you kind of got through the weekends and we were able to kind of do uh, more of those. Um, but when they put the pitch count in and that rule that you got to play a full game, um, that really kind of plays into that those times. And that eliminates those chances sometimes for those young kids to um, see time varsity-wise. At least that's kind of my philosophy and, and what I had done in the past. Um, we did go to the Eddieville tournament, and as I said, like that's where uh, Jack Kelderman had gotten some time on the mound. Um, Nate Sampson, who I think will probably see more time on the mound now, um, got some time there. You know, and so like last night, uh, all of a sudden, you know, we've got – uh, another freshman left field, uh, Hunter Wernley. And so, yeah, Hunter and Wernley and Jack Kelderman are probably two of freshmen that are going to have to step up and maybe, you know, step into some roles now and see some more time on, on the varsity field. Okay, well, you you got you to gotta score runs to win. Uh, your team seemed very capable of scoring runs. And, and uh, uh, so talk to me about maybe who's some of your contact hitters. I saw you had a kid that made a really nice bunt. Uh, so who, who's some guys yeah. that can bunt and who's some guys that kind of hit singles and get on base and make contact? You know, overall, that's one of the things I've, I've been happy with. Um, we, we've made contact and, and put the ball in play. Um, uh, Nate Sampson, you know, he's our leadoff hitter, uh, and he's been leadoff the whole year. Uh, and, and, you know, he can bunt. I mean, he laid down a nice bunt last night. And sometimes you got to lay down those things um, to get the ball rolling a little bit, to get your offense going, sometimes play with a small ball. Um, Sam Terpstra, uh, again, a situation where, uh, you know, he's an all district, uh, shortstop last year, uh, and just a heck of a player, uh, came away with a torn labrum, uh, during football season and was hoping he would be able to, uh, throw for baseball, but, uh, that has not been the case. So he has been a DH for us and, and Sam is a strong, strong hitter. Um, he's been in the two hole force just because I want production up to top. And so um, he's driven the ball hard. Dodge Duke at the three hole. Again, um, really when he puts the ball in play, usually is very solid contact, drives the ball hard. Um, you know, up and down the lineup, Nash Smith. I mean, we've had production from pretty well all nine spots um, where we can drive the ball. We hit the ball well. Um, I've been very happy with, I mean, Drake Hall, even down in the eighth spot, who actually, you know, is batting average-wise, is probably our leading hitter. Um, but he's just comfortable down there. And, uh, you know, again, with some injuries, we might have to move some people around. So uh, maybe that will change, and, and maybe he'll be towards more towards the top. But, uh, yeah, overall, offensively, I've been happy with what I do, what we've had done. Um, I kind of feel like every so often we've kind of let – some scoring opportunities get away from us where we could have maybe opened up 
um, the lead a little bit more than what we have, and um, those have gotten away from us. But overall, offensively, I, I think we've done a good job so far. Well, I, I noticed your team was very disciplined. Uh, they didn't make throws that they didn't have to. They hit the cutoff man. Uh, sometimes when they did make mistakes, it was an aggressive mistake. And uh, if the ball did get by them, they just got on their horse. Remember that the ball that was hit to right field uh, and the guy dived for it and didn't get it. But what he did do was get get up off his uh, duff and get after that ball and and kept the kid from uh, from you know going all the way around and stopping. Yeah, that's jersey. that's one of those things too. Uh, we stress from day one. Um, I tell him from day one, I'm going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. Um, but on a play, if you make a mistake, it's going to happen. The question is, are you going to react and make a second error because you're mad, or are you going to come up and and you know it's going to be the one error and that's the and that's it. And so we kind of have that mind frame from day one that, uh, yep, we're going to screw up. We're all going to screw up. Um, it's how you react from that screw up um, is the key. And so you want to keep your head, just play hard. And, uh, again, be, try to be fundamentally sound. And I, I know that's a cliche that you want to be fundamentally sound. But, again, it, it's so important, I, I say, to, you know, to limit the other team to not have those freebies, to not have kids just get on for walks, to not have those kids get on for errors. And uh, the more you can keep those off the bases, the more, the more odds you're going to have for success. Well, I'm always interested in the talent, and I can't see everything in the league. And uh, So tell me some of the, the opponents that you're playing, some of the players that have given you trouble or, or you, you, know, you were impressed with their abilities. Yeah, we, you know, obviously the Fulton player hands, um, you know, of Kyoto, one of the better players around. Um, Lindo Sully um, uh, has got a Maston uh, kid that um, is, he throws well. Connor Maston is his name. Um, a very good pitcher, a good player. Uh, they've also got a nice left-handed catcher. Um, Noun Harder is his last name. Um, and, and uh, you know, you got Sigourney and Linda Sully and Kyoto. And Sigourney's got some nice players. Um, they're just kind of solid uh, up and down the lineup. I mean, they got the Striegels. They got the uh, Molinex, you know, the Bo Schmidt. And uh, they're just a nice, solid team. And so um, those are just some players off the top of my head. Um, you know, those three teams are uh, towards the top of the conference for a reason because they've got quality players and, and they play baseball very well. So, yeah, those are just a few names off the top of my head. So, so you've been in the league for 25 years. Uh, I, I see a lot of parity. I mean, I, I saw, I mean, I, I thought you and Kyoto were really, really close to each other. Uh, uh, I talked to uh, Coach Lee Crawford of Sigourney, and he said you guys scrapped and really, really gave them a good battle. Uh, you know, is this, is this a year where there's some parity and, and there's quite a few good teams? Um, you know, it's, I, I would say overall, you've got, uh, you know, Liberal Sully and, and Sigourney right now. Um, yeah. We gave Sigourney a very good game. Uh, we were up six to four going into the bottom on the seventh and uh, give them the credit. They, they got the runs across and, and won the ball game. And Lindell Sully just tattooed us the first time we played him. Hopefully we'll give them a better game the second time. But on any given night, I truly believe in our conference, it depends on pitching and depends on how things are set up. But I truly believe anybody could pretty well beat anybody. Um, that's, you know, I mean, you got Montezuma who's sitting there with no wins, but I'll guarantee there isn't a team in the conference that wants to face Owen Cook, um, their number one pitcher, when he's on. And a lot can be said up and down the um, conference that way that on any given night, 
uh, and that's baseball anyway. I mean, uh, a lot, you know, I coach some of the other sports too. And a lot of the times talent will kind of come through no matter what in football and basketball, um, baseball, you know, we've had it where you're tattooing the ball and you're hitting it hard, but where does it go? It goes right at the other team. And that just happens. And, you know, if they make the plays, those are nights where it can be one of those nights where you're doing everything right. And you think, but instead of the ball going two feet to the left, it goes to the right, you know, and right at them. And so, um, yeah, I, I do believe the parody in our conference, um, you know, especially depending on who you're facing, um, really means that anybody could beat anybody on a given night. Yeah. Well, uh, tell me about the ballpark experience there at your ballpark. You know, I've been going around to all these different ballparks. I get into two or three games a week and going to different mm-hmm. places. And uh, everyone has, a, you know, a different feel. That Kyoto ballpark where you played last night with the two fields right next to each other and the the, the, the areas where you can sit in the shade and, and uh, good views all around. What's, what's the new sharing experience like? You know, we're kind of on a hillside. And so um... – uh, that's kind of different. We have a hill where a lot of people kind of sit up on and watch uh, the field down below a little bit. Um, you know, we got bleachers and a nice press box uh, behind home plate. And kind of a, probably the two things that kind of stick out on our field is we have a very, very, very short right down the line right field. Now it juts out quick and then it's a normal right field. But if you were to pull one right down the line, you could get a pretty short porch uh, over on right field. Um, other than that, we've kind of got old style uh, dugouts that are in the ground, big old solid brick ones. Um, they are a hot box. That's the problem a little bit when it's real hot, it's real hot in there. Um, but uh, no, I mean, they are kind of typical dimensions in the outfield. Um, as I said, softball field sits right next to us. Um, uh, in our, on the outfield. And so we have a lot of fans that just kind of sit up on the hill and they can see both baseball and softball when uh, we're both playing at the same time. So you kind of get that feel. Um, you can just kind of sit up there and watch, watch ball. You got any good hamburgers in your concession stand? Oh yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. No, no doubt about that. <laughs> I know I had a pork burger and a hamburger last night. So, <laughs> we always rate the, every time we go to a park, we rate the things. Well, uh, it's been a really enjoying talking to you and hearing about your team. Uh, let me ask you one more question. Uh, we, we picked last night as a rivalry game. Uh, do you see is isn't Kyoto and and uh, North Mahaska quite a a good rivalry? You know, we, we've had good teams. I mean, I, it, was, it was kind of funny. You know, uh, when just before this, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, you know uh, making it to state, and uh, you know, I think back to 2005 when we made it to state. We had a very good rivalry uh, with Kyoto at that time. Uh, 2005 was also when they made it to state. So here we had two conference teams, and we had battled it out during the season, but yet we both made it to state um, in the same year. Um, With that being said, you know, we've had good basketball teams. They've had good basketball teams. Kind of weird to even say this, but last year at our place, we won on a walk-off home run. And this year, they won at their place 
on a walk-off home run. And so you don't see that very often, but, uh, you know, we've been fortunate to have good athletes and good kids um, play sports. And uh, so we've had a lot of good competitions back and forth, yes. Well, when I said that was the last question, apparently I lied because uh, <laughs> I, I, I realized I didn't – I want to know how we can follow your team through – I don't know if there's a radio station or you got a social media or a website or anything uh, – I'm, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not overly techie. Um, I don't have a lot of, uh, we, we have some Facebook, uh, posts and stuff like that from our athletic boosters that we put information out that way. Um, but otherwise we're kind of like in the middle of radio, like KBOE is in Oskaloosa and they kind of follow Oskaloosa. Grinnell's not too far away. Um, I do talk. Um, week or every two weeks on, a, on a, like a coach's corner with uh, KGRN um, out of Grinnell. And, uh, but no, as far as, um, I mean, I obviously keep uh, quick stats up or bound, you might say now, uh, up to date pretty well. And so, um, yeah, uh, not necessarily a website or anything like that to follow us on, but uh, I'm sure if you really want to find out how we're doing, there's a way. Yeah, varsity bound would be a good. Well, we just got a few minutes left. Uh, tell us uh, about your upcoming week. You know, we're, well, it, it's going to be busy. Um, as I said, we we played Kyoto last night in a, a good ball game. Um, you know, losing Dodge a little bit is going to hurt us pitching wise, and that's what we got to figure out because um, we play tonight in another conference uh, makeup uh, with Colfax Mingo. Uh, then we play another conference game on Wednesday, and uh, then we actually travel to South Tama, uh, play them 3A school on Friday night. Um, that was the night we were supposed to play Tri-County, and so I was looking for a game um, just to kind of get in there before the season started, um, obviously not knowing that we were going to have uh, makeup tonight or anything like that, but uh you know, you, you uh, play ball, and, and you hope you put your best foot forward, and, and I'm sure the kids will come ready to play. I'm sure they'd rather play ball than not play ball. <laughs> oh, yeah. It gives them something to do. <laughs> so, well, anyway, we've been co- talking to North Mahaska Warhawks baseball coach, the legend, Kevin Kellerman. Uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a delight talking to you, Coach. Is there anything you wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to talk about? No, I just uh, appreciate the time, and uh, again, I, I enjoy the game of baseball, but I enjoy the kids, um, and that's what it's about, and I, I feel like sometimes we, we lose track of that, uh, that the kids are out there to have a good time and have fun with the game, and I always feel like uh, that's one thing I've kind of hung my hat on is that a lot of kids uh, have fun playing baseball, and that's, that, that's what I want to see. Well, I'm going to hold on to your number because I have some like weekly shows and stuff I do this week in high school baseball and stuff like that. So, and then okay, when good. you get to the tournament and you start winning games, I want to hear from you then too. Okay, sounds good. Thank you very much. All right, this has been Round Guy Radio with news you can use. It won't give you the blues. Thanks for listening.